Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Ed Salzadel, both directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. We have a very special guest today with Ken Ham, who is both CEO and founder of Answers in Genesis U.S., Ken, it's almost unbelievable how you have had such a great ministry, and I know you would credit that to God, but at this point, whether you like it or not, you've really become the face of creation science in the U.S. today. Well, you know, the Ministry of Answers in Genesis and then the two attractions, the Ark and the Creation Museum, do impact tens of millions of people a year, not just in America and around the world. But really, it's a spiritual legacy to like our parents who taught their children, you know, going back my days in Australia where I grew up, to stand on God's word. My, our father taught us to defend the Christian faith, so he taught us apologetic. And then as I went through high school and had to be you know, confronted with the issues of evolution and deal with that and searching out answers and a father who would never compromise God's word, helping me to do that, going through university, getting some resources and getting some answers and then becoming a school teacher in 1975 in public schools and finding evolution millions of years was a big stumbling block for them even listening to the gospel. They said what was in their textbooks showed the Bible can't be true. And so that's really how God gave me the burden to get into this ministry because of that. And I found as I started to give answers to those students, they started to listen and take note of what the Bible was saying. And then not only that, as I started to speak in Bible studies in churches, I found most Christians didn't think you could believe Genesis. And so God started to intensify that burden. And even when I took students to museums, they're always from an atheistic perspective, you know, evolutionary perspective. So back in the 70s, I started saying, Lord, why can't we have a creation museum. So that's all the embryonic beginning of how the ministry came about. It's a great and fascinating story. AIG, the Creation Museum, Ark Encounter. Did you envision all of this from the start of your ministry, or has God led you step by step to all of these? That's an interesting question. I've been asked that question a lot of times. We never envisaged anything like this. You know, it's interesting. My wife and I had this real burden to start a, a bookstore in our house in Australia in 1977 because I had actually spoken at a conference. It was the first conference I and a colleague of mine ran in Australia, a creation apologetics conference, and I showed some of the books that I had obtained from different parts of the world that had answers to, you know, geology, biology, astronomy, and so on in the areas of origin. People wanted to buy those books, and I realized, wow, they need these resources. So really, the whole ministry started as a one to equip people with resources, and then a speaking ministry as I started to speak. And of course, that burden for the Creation Museum was there, and in 1980, one of the board members had helped us found the ministry uh, in our home in Australia, and I stood on a piece of property and prayed that God would allow us to build a creation museum. I had no idea what that really meant, except I wanted to tell them the truth and give them answers in geology, biology, astronomy, anthropology, and so on, so that they wouldn't be led astray by evolution. And, and then over the years, you know, I, I came to the state speaking in the 80s, came over to help Dr. Morris and Dr. Dwayne Gish at the Institute for Creation Research for seven years. Before returning to Australia, that burden for a museum had really intensified and just the way in which God has brought people into our lives I mean it's absolutely 
absolutely amazing. You look back and realize this is miraculous. This is a God thing. There's no way we could have orchestrated all this because now in Northern Kentucky, when you look at the Ark Encounter Creation Museum, the two leading Christian-themed attractions in the world, the Ministry of Answers in Genesis, with full-time, part-time staff mm-hmm. and seasonals, we have you know well over a 1,000 people involved uh, in this ministry, employed in this ministry, and impacting around the world. And when we see what's happening, you know, the secular media often said to me, so how did you find all these talented people? You know, because we do all the design work in-house, the exhibits that we have. They're every bit as professional, if not more so, than what Disney would do with Universal Studios. You know, we have sculptors and artists. We have our horticulture department. We For our zoos that we have at the Ark and the Creation Museum, all the zoo stuff, and then the research scientists that we have, and the writers and graphic artists. And it just goes on and on and on when you look at all the sorts of people. And my answer to the secular media is, how did you find all these people? I said, we actually didn't. Just as Noah brought, God brought the animals to <laughs> Noah, brought these people to us. And that's true. They sort of come out of the woodwork. And, you know, like Patrick Marsh, who worked at Universal Studios, when he heard we want to build a creation museum, came and said, I have a burden to design the creation museum with you. We had no idea how we we're going to do that. And so he took the script I'd written on the seven seas of history, the walk through the Bible from Genesis, and he turned it into the creation museum. And so God built all these people along over the years. So it really is a God thing. I thank you for crediting him. I know that's been a center of your ministry. We have a summer set of articles coming up in our newsletter on how theological compromises played a hand in the decline of church membership and attendance in America and how we need churches to commit to a vision of believing and teaching the whole Bible as God's truth and real history from the very first verse. How important do you believe this vision is to our churches? that I really try to get across to people I have a real burden for. You know, a lot of people tend to look on the creation evolution issue as just about, you know, fossils and about the age of the earth and all the rest of it. But I've always positioned this ministry as a biblical authority ministry. You see, that's the issue. The issue is one of biblical authority. And many pastors, many Christian leaders haven't understood this. For instance, many of the older generation believed in the gap theory. And I've had them say to me, I believed in the gap theory where they put millions of years in between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2. And they say, it doesn't affect my salvation, I'm now I'm going to heaven. But I say to them, it doesn't affect your salvation per se, but what it does affect is how those you impact in churches, the younger generations, how they view scripture itself. You see, what has happened over the years is that because of the belief in millions of years that really came out of atheism of the 1800s, people want to explain everything by natural processes. Naturalism is atheism. And then along comes Darwin with his ideas of Darwinian evolution and so on, and then the Big Bang. Many Christian leaders have adopted those views and reinterpreted Genesis. But what they've really done is said to the coming generation, you don't have to take God's word as written. You can take ideas from outside the Bible and add them to the Bible. You can reinterpret that. Now we see them reinterpreting marriage and other such things and becoming soft on LGBT as well. And as generations have realized that, hey, we don't believe Genesis. How can we believe the rest of the Bible? There's been an exodus from the church and church attendance. You know, when you get down to generation Z, the millennials, I mean, it's about 11% in America. But with the older generations, it was up to 56%. And this has happened through the whole Western world. And it's the church's fault because they've compromised, particularly in this era, in Genesis. That's where they've compromised. And the other thing is Genesis is foundational to all doctrine, our whole worldview, the whole of the rest of the Bible. No wonder there's so much biblical illiteracy in the church. and No wonder we're losing the younger generation. And we thank you for leading in this cause. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Ed Salzadel. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B Today, we have the very special guests of Ken Ham with Answers in Genesis. Ken, we've 
seen articles detailing your upgrades for the Stargazer Planetarium and a fearfully and wonderfully made exhibit. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about those? Well, that's at the Creation Museum opened in 2007. Right. And the Ark Encounter opened in 2016. And ever since we've opened them, we keep adding new exhibits and modifying exhibits and upgrading exhibits. So at the Creation Museum in 2021, one of the things that we wanted to do was to add this fearfully and wonderfully made exhibit, the most powerful pro-life exhibit in the world. You know, I should say 2020 is when we added it. But in 2021, we're actually upgrading even that exhibit by tripling it in size and adding a whole section on the design of the placenta and so on. Actually, this is already now the most powerful pro-life exhibit in the world. Our model, those models that we have look so real. We have to have signs on them saying these are not real babies <laughs> developing in a mother's womb because our designers looked all around the world and couldn't find models that were good enough. And people are just amazed by it. So it is an incredible exhibit that teaches uh, the truth about abortion, that abortion is killing a human being right from fertilization. Now, we're also in 2020, in the summer of 2020, we're adding another exhibit called Borderland. And really, it's like a course on the background in the New Testament. And so it's going to detail really what happened uh, between the end of the Old Testament and the New Testament, setting the scene for when God steps into history to be Jesus Christ, the God-man. And so it sets the scene in regard to, you know, what happened with the Greeks and why the Romans were there in power and then, you know, how that led to the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. And, and so setting the whole scene of the New Testament. So that's going to be like a whole course for people in a way. But it's got 3D models and beautiful artwork. And that's a new exhibit that will be opening at the Creation Museum. You know, at the Ark Encounter, we opened a virtual reality exhibit. And this is a $3 million experience where people go in and they sit in these seats and the seat moves. So it's like going to a theater in Universal Studios or Disney might have a theater like this too. And the seat move, you put on those virtual reality glasses and we take you back to the time of Noah and you think you're actually having a ride. You feel like you're in this little spacecraft led by this robot and you feel that you're having a ride. And at the Ark Encounter, we're also planning for the future and building a Tower of Babel and then Solomon's Temple and then First Century Village. And so it goes on. And we already have zoos at both the Ark and the Creech Museum. We've been expanding the zoos and we're building a big conservatorium in 2021 at the Creation Museum called the Eden Teaching Center because we have our own horticulture center. There's nothing else like these attractions anywhere in the world and we actually rebuilt one third of all the exhibits at the Creation Museum to upgrade them and we've got a whole big exhibit on the whole history of the Bible and people are just blown away by it. So these are incredible places to bring your families at a time when we see the culture becoming very antagonistic towards Christianity. I can attest to the great products y'all have there. I've been through the Creation Museum multiple times as well as to the Ark Encounter with my wife. But that was a couple of years ago. I am really excited by the upgrades that y'all have done and will be back. I would advise and encourage other people to do so. What's the whole purpose in building a life-size Ark, Tower of Babel, and all of this type of stuff? People will ask that. One of the things that we've had people say to us when they bring their children to the Creation Museum, the Ark Encounter, they say, wow, this really helps bring the Bible alive. And it's not just, for instance, the ark itself, which shows you the size of the ark, because, you know, one of the most asked questions that I've heard over the years, how could Noah fit all the animals on the ark? And in a lot of children's books, you, you look in our churches and Sunday schools, a lot of our materials have Noah's ark looking like an overloaded bathtub that's drafting out the <laughs> chimney about to sink at any moment. And 
when kids come and adults and see the size of the ark, I've heard them actually say, wow, I didn't realise it was that big. No, I could have fit all the animals on board. And of course, then we fill it with exhibits answering questions. How could it fit the animals on board? And what was a kind? And what about evolution? And we go through all sorts of different questions, you know, and what happened after the flood and looking at uh, the intelligence of ancient man and the Tower of Babel and, and so on. So we're actually teaching the Bible from Genesis to Revelation through the Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter, but in a way it brings it alive to people and we answer the questions that many people don't have answers to. And so we put it there in 3D, if you like. And I tell you, many, many people have come through here and said, wow, this really helps them, equips them, challenges them. 30% of those who come to our attractions are non-Christian. And I've spoken to uh, non-Christians. We've never thought about these things. Nobody's ever told us this before. And so it is a tremendous witness to them. And you know what? At both places, people can't go away without having heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's what it's all about, presenting the saving gospel. As we close, I would really like to thank you for that last piece. The focus of what you do, and it's very plain in terms of your videos, your exhibits, and everything that has to go with on Answers in Genesis is points back to the Savior, and we thank you for that. We haven't been able to get into a whole lot of things. I will recommend to people that the Answers in Genesis website at answersingenesis.org or com is an exceptional tool that will give you all sorts of information, not only on creation science, but also on colleges to go to and many other things. Ken, anything you'd like to say as we close? You know, when the secular media say to me, what's the purpose of the Ark and the Creation Museum? I say, to tell people the history in the Bible is true. That's why the gospel based in that history is true. That's what it's all about. We thank you for your ministry and pray God's support to continue with it. Thank you, sir. Hey, thank you. Send donations. You may also want to visit whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Thank you.